Welcome to Facilitating the Mission, the podcast of Shepherd Staff Mission Facilitators. My name is Brian Mondock. And my name is Jeff Jackson. Jeffrey, I'm so glad that you guys are having rain and flash floods in Southern California instead of fires. I, How are you feeling about I'm it? I'm feeling really good about it, actually. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, we were a tinderbox most of the time, so to get this much rain at this time of year is really a blessing. Just no no rest for the weary in Southern California, that's for sure. Yeah, life is never boring here. Veterans Day just passed, and both of us like to reminisce about <laughs> uh, you know, our time in the military and how much we loved it and <laughs> and uh <laughs> mixed feelings, mixed feelings for sure. But yeah, it was important. Neither one I loved it. Yeah. My father was what you call a lifer in the Marine Corps, and I had to I followed him into uh, the Marines. And then believe it or not, my sister uh, went into after I did a couple years after, you know, she's two years behind me in age and school. And she went into the Marines right after she got out of high school too. So we work, our, our family's kind of a military culture. My mom just loves the military. And she, you know, we moved to San Diego when I was a kid because my dad was stationed at the uh, Marine base down there in, uh, you know, the Marine Corps recruit depot. Right, and, right. And so it's very much a part of, and and my dad, you, if you see him, he's the guy with the, <laughs> you know, the bright yellow or bright red hat that says retired Marine oh, yeah. or, yeah. you know, something like that. All these years later, it's just so much a part of who he is. Yes. And, 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 and that's kind of, even for me, I wasn't as good of a Marine as he was, mm-hmm. but you know, so much about, and we've, we've talked about this often and is so much about uh, what we learned in the Marine Corps, especially for me. I mean, I was 17 when I went into the service Mm -hmm. and I know you were. Yeah, I was 17 too. Yeah. I mean, so here we are becoming adults and as we're learning how to become an adult, you know, being in the military is part of our training. And then not too long after we get out of the military, that's how it was for me anyway, is like, that's when I became a Christian. I met Jesus Mm -hmm. and, and so much about, I mean, there's so much about becoming a Christian. There's so much that the Lord does in your life. It's kind of like what the drill instructors <laughs> did. They kind of yeah <laughs> tore down that civilian, that civilian Jeff and turned, then built you into, you know, the Christian Jeff with the right. mission, you know, and that's kind of what happened, you know, in the military. And it's very obvious. In fact, in Marine Corps boot camp, I don't know if they still do it this way, but when I went in, they had phase one, phase two, phase three. And it was very obvious what phase mm-hmm. you were in just by the way your drill instructors yelled at you or the way you wore your uniforms or what kind of training you were doing or where you were doing the right. training. And it just so much of that just correlates to our walk as a believer and it correlates to our calling as a believer. It really does. I mean, even, you know, I mean, it wasn't this pronounced in the army because I, you know, I was in the army, not the Marines, but I, I know my buddies that have been in the Marines, you know, they don't even give you the title Marine until after you actually, until the day you actually graduate, right? You don't have the title of human until you (laughs) actually graduate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, the funny thing is like, there's this, there's a week in, uh, in, in Marine, Marine Corps boot camp where you work in the chow hall. And there's like civilians and stuff in there. And they're like, they got rank on you. I mean, you yes. are non-human. 
as a Marine yeah. Corps recruit. And right. don't you forget That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is sir and ma'am in yes. the universe to you. Yeah. And that's, and, and there, there are things about that that are absolutely painful, but absolutely needful, especially if, you know, if the Marines or the military is going to be what it has to be a deconstruction and a reconstruction has to, uh, has to take place. Yeah. You know, the, the army and the Marine Corps, they have a couple of different missions and, and, you know, one of the things you'll see with, you'll see a little more individualism in the army, you know, and even, even how they, they advertise that they'll say like an army of one, they really want like the individual to be able to think on his feet. But in the Marine Corps, you follow orders. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want you to think on your feet. Yeah. So, yeah. And just, just kind of this whole subject, I, you know, I, I've, you know, a lot of the training I've done for missionaries, Americans that are going to other cultures, you know, I tell them and, and I, I try to unpack for them this, this, the whole concept that, you know, you're going to go, you're, you're, you're an American. You've been raised in this, born and raised and shaped and molded by this hyper individualistic, uh, where independence is a virtue culture, sort of do your own thing, chart your own course, you figure out what you want to be and then go for it. And everything else is, is there to just serve that purpose of you being all that you can be as an individual. And so, so, you know, I, I tell them, look, you know, you're right. going to most of you are going to go to cultures overseas that are the absolute opposite of those things. And so you're going to have to learn how to navigate mm-hmm. and understand collectivistic honor, shame based cultures. And one of the ways that I've found that helps them to do that, uh, that gives them sort of a pre handle on it before they actually land wherever they're going is to is to just kind of walk them through the military and say, look. We have within American society at large, within American uh, culture at large, the only really true collectivistic culture where it operates like most of the rest of the world is the military. And then I then, you know, just to sort of unpack with them, well, what do I mean by that? And it seems to give them a handle on it and and, and sort of prepares them to to look at the culture they're going to go to and learn how to navigate within it in in a successful way. Yeah, I, I can remember being in the missions training and so much of that coming out. And I it was it kind of blew my mind because at the time when I went through missions training mm-hmm. with you, Jeff, um, you know, almost 20 years ago, I had been out of the service for almost 20 years by that time. And so, you know, I became very Americanized. So it was all kind of deja vu as you shared that, you know, it's not about you as an individual. I mean, you talk about, I, I, what are some of the examples that you would, you talk about what happens in say the marketplace when, you know, when you set yes. the price of something, you know, it's not about if you, if you undercut somebody, you're, it's not about, you know, uh, <laughs> demand. It's about, you know, <laughs> your brother, or your buddy or your neighbor, who's also a fisherman, you've just made it so he can't feed his family. And it, that is like, yeah. Where in America, yeah. it's like, that's the way it goes. I mean, it's only business. It's not like that over there. And it's not like that in the military. You would never you would never do that to somebody that was in your mm-hmm. platoon or your squad. Yeah, because, because again, you're all interconnected. You're, there's this interdependency that everybody knows is crucial to stay alive and crucial to accomplish the mission. And so, yeah, I mean, in that specific example that I, you know, that I used to use back in the day, in training people are that, you know, when we, when we go to the market, if we go to an open air market where prices could vary, 
you know, we're looking for the lowest price possible at all times. And once we get that, that's what we're, that's our goal. But in, in collectivistic cultures where people know one another and relationships are, are primary, even, you know, as an outsider, when we hear them sort of dickering about the price, we think that, you know, they're, they're, um, they're just trying to, this guy's trying to get the lowest price. That person's trying to sell it at the highest price. And that's all that's going on there. But that dickering back and forth, if, once you learn the language and you start to really pay attention to it, there's always all, all this other talk about what's going on, you know, in the community. Your, how's your family doing? What's this or that? Did you see that? Oh, by the way, I'll take $5 for that. Oh, well, you know, I don't really want to give you $5, but you know, yeah, my sister did this over here, whatever. And so, so the dickering is, is sort of the, the primary goal is not to get the lowest price. The dickering is to further the relationship, the depth of connection between those people at the same time a, 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 a transaction takes place. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, just the whole idea that, that when you start unpacking for Americans, some of the things that they already know about the U.S. military, you can help them get a window into the culture of the people that they're going to go minister to is kind of like. And once you get them thinking on that path, they're going to be much more <clears throat> open to, you know, to, to, to going in as a learner and a listener, which is absolutely crucial for success. You know, in the military, we all have a uniform, you know, because, you know, you're not supposed to stand out. You know, and 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 it's like that overseas. It's like if, if you stand out, I mean, it is very very unusual to stand out. You know, in in Africa, in the bush, or mm -hmm. in Asia. You know, number one, missionary already stands out because you know they're American, and 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 uh, you know a lot of times they're white, and you know so they already have some. They already don't blend in, so you need if you're if you're being noticed, you you better be noticed for the gospel, for the mission. Right. Yeah, and the whole idea that we find comfort, you know, it's satisfying to us in our hyper individualistic, independent culture, to distinguish ourselves from the group. Right. Whereas in the military, your comfort is found in being seen as part of the group. Yeah. And it's a complete different, you know, view of what really what really matters. And then it affects every decision that's made, you know, afterward. And so the whole, you know, so that the idea and again, I throw these terms around, which sometimes I probably should, you know, explain them. But the idea that we're we Western culture, which is about 90 percent of the world, you know, we're we're um, an individualistic culture. So when we think about society, we think the basic building block of society is the individual. And the rest of the world, when they think about the building block of society, they think about the family right. and not just the nuclear family, but the extended family. Right. So that that starting point of, you know, of like, who am I? Is my primary identity as an individual? Is that how I view myself? Or is my primary identity? I'm the son of my parents. I'm the brother. I'm the sibling of my brothers or sisters. I'm I'm part of this tribe. And I can't see myself primarily as an individual disconnected from the source of what gives me my identity. And so that starting point is, is, you know, and what happens is in the military, you know, when you go into basic training, as we were just talking about, that's what basic training is trying to do because you're taking people like me and you at the age of 17. And I grew up in Southern Cal, basically from the time I was four years old, 
which is that to the nth degree, that individualism and independence. And then I go in the military. Well, they've got to strip that down and then yeah. reconstruct me. And of course, in that, you know, in that, in that hyper individualistic culture uh, that we come from, then you're always comparing yourself to rules and standards and right behavior is sort of this inner clock that is, is put in you by the culture. And so we're, uh, we're primarily a guilt and innocence based culture. Am I in a condition of guilt or am I in a condition of innocence based on whatever rules have been imparted to me, have become part of who I am? And then you go, you go in the military, or if you're born and raised in a collectivistic culture, you know, sort of the, the idea is, is that, hey, is, um, it's not how do I compare to some rule or standard, it's how am I honoring the family or the group that gives me my identity? And what's, what's wrong, uh, what's, you know, the inner gauge is, am I shaming, am I dishonoring? the the group that I actually have my identity in and that I gain my my personal honor and status from. You know, as we're talking about this, I'm having these flashbacks to boot camp and and you say you, you talk about us being honor, shame, you know, individualistic. And in, in the when I was in, in boot camp, the biggest sin in the universe was to be an individual. Yes, absolutely. To expect things your way. In fact, Back in the day, they would they would remind us of the old Burger King commercial. Oh, you want it your way, do you? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know you yeah. got you think you're at Burger King now, Garia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and if you wanted to stand out by being the worst person, I mean, if you were like the worst person that you had the worst uniform or the worst whatever, they would make that person the squad leader and just like this person here is the best this platoon will ever be until we're all doing this together. <laughs> he wants to be, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, we would carry, you know, you, 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 we'd carry a guide on, which is a flag that our lead guy in the platoon would carry with our, the number of our platoon on it. Right. And when we were being disciplined, they'd bring the worst guy in the platoon, the worst uniform, the worst physical fitness, you know, I mean, it's it's it really runs against the grain of how we do things now in modern society with all the self esteem. I mean, yeah. they did not care about your self esteem. No. Believe no, me, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. But they would roll up your 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 guide on your 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 platoon's flag, make you carry it upside down, and you know, and everybody would have to like un unlace their boots and unroll their sleeves and look as sloppy as possible, and then they would make us force us to march yeah. out of step and. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to be an individual and just make us look horrendous, you know, to everybody watching, you know, as a lesson. Yeah. And they're instilling that idea of honor. Yeah. And honor is always group oriented, not primarily, you know, individual uh, oriented or, or self-ascribed. I mean, the worst thing in, the, in a military or collectivistic culture, the, you know, if you try to tout your own honor, ascribe honor to yourself, it's actually shameful and dishonorable. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, even even like uh, and the Marines of the, are like, again, they're, they're They amplify this. But my time in the Army was especially in basic is, look, you screw up. You, you do something stupid. Your whole platoon's got to do push ups. Yeah. Everybody gets punished for the yep. actions of one. Yeah. And, and that just goes against the grain of everything we're raised with in, in America. But then again, you look at the scripture, right? 
and you look at you know what happened with what happened uh, after Jericho with uh, AI and the sin of Achan and you know all through the Old Testament which is describing a collectivistic honor shame based culture you see hey this idea that you act individual and alone and your actions have no impact on the larger group is just ludicrous it's not there so what i found is that you know because most people most people either know somebody that's been in the military americans know somebody that has been in the military or they've seen enough army movies or, or military movies to kind of like get them to 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 start thinking along the lines well what is it about the military that's so distasteful to people that haven't been in it uh especially americans why would why would so many americans critique or be critical of the military yet praise at the same time when the military keeps them safe and sound. So yeah, these, the, the military is just the U S military as it's structured now provides just to me, you know, even, even back in the day when I was pastoring a couple of different churches and so forth. And, you know, pastors are always looking for good analogies, um, good illustrations of spiritual truths and so forth. I always found that the military provided some of the best illustrations and, and analogies for, the the Christian life. I mean, it's it's such. Once you start down that path, it's a pretty easy on ramp to get people to understand it. And there's the sense, you know, in the military of of when you get your orders. Yes. You know, your orders are. You know, it's it to me. It totally correlates with God's call on your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you go where you go. You 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 do the job that needs to be ju- done. You do the job that you know, the Lord needs you to do in the military's case would be the government or, you know, your branch of the service or, or you name it, but it's, it's like, those are the orders and that's what you do. And your family goes with you and it's. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that's, that's the, that's one of the, um, to me, that's one of the bedrock reasons why the military, the U S military, as it is structured now where it's all volunteer, it's it's such a good illustration of the kingdom because you think about it, right? The church that Jesus created, it's an entity that exists for a purpose larger than its members' interests, right? Your name is Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And then the, the church has this mission, and Paul adds in Ephesians 3 that not only does the church have a mission on earth, but it has a mission to the heavenlies that the angelic realm is paying attention to what the church is doing down here on earth, which is mind blowing. But the, but the basic, the, the basic concept is when you and I joined the military, we made a decision. We made a voluntary volitional choice to become part of something that by its very nature requires self-denial, requires self-sacrifice. It's got a mission and that very mission to be accomplished requires the willingness of its members to give up their own lives. And so when Jesus says, you know, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You look at that, the idea of, well, what is the gates of Hades and so forth? Well, the basic idea is the same, that this entity that I'm creating has a mission and the death of its own members doesn't doesn't thwart the mission because it's got a cause its reason for being is larger than the interests of its own members and and so 
when you go into the military and, and you swear in, you know, which we all remember that you're basically, it's like, it's like the similarity of surrendering to Jesus. Well, when we went in the military, we surrendered to the commander in chief and we swore that we would do whatever he thought we needed to do to accomplish the cause for which the military exists, which is to protect, you know, this country and its people. And and we took an oath to, you know, to before before God to to protect the Constitution. And and even though we've been released from the military, we're not released from that oath. But but you see, it's it's volunt it's voluntary. And then and then I was talking with another guy about this just yesterday, actually, and the the idea about, you know, you get you get you take your ASVAB test, you know, for those that are not familiar, that's the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test. <laughs> and it's basically sort of the SAT test for the military. And you take it and then you get a score, and then they basically whatever your score is determines how many jobs are offered to you in how many fields. And so you, you know, so you go in and you, you have this test and you select the job that you want, that you, that you're qualified for, and then you're, they're going to send you to school for, and that's agreed to on your contract. But <laughs> once you actually, when you swear in, you actually give up the right to hold the military accountable to put you in that job. Because once you swear in, you basically submit to, to them and say to them, I'd really want to do that. And that's what you, that I'm going in for, but I surrender the ultimate right for that, for you to put me wherever you think I'm going to be most uh, successful for the, the mission that the military exists for. And that's, and that's why we, we, we talk about orders. You use that term orders, right? Well, I got orders. Well, what is, I mean, just think of that. that what is that actually conveying? The idea of I got orders. Somebody tells you where you're going to go and what you're going to do. And you don't have the choice. They didn't ask you. They order you. And and the thing is, is they come to you in this plain white packet. The typing is not a fancy font. They're not trying to impress you. And it says, you know, here's the date. Here's where you're going. Here's the yep. day that you show up. You know, there's no form. There's no greeting. There's no closing. It's like, this is re this is here's your reality and it's it's not even up for question it's not like do you have questions it's not you know if you have questions reach out it's like here's your orders and they have the right to expect that from you because that's what you swore an oath to so if you push back on that and say i don't want these orders they're going to go well what no wait a minute you agreed to do what we tell you to do because we have a bigger picture of whether the need is than you do. Much bigger. You don't, you have no clue. Right. <laughs> I mean, you literally have no clue. Yeah. No one's telling you. Yeah. You don't need to know. Right. I mean, there's, there's never been a more of an example of being on a need to know basis. You don't need to know. <laughs> that is the military. It operates on that need to know. You don't, you don't have the need to know. Yeah. And you pretty much don't need to know. Right. <laughs> And if you, you know, you spoke about the ASVAB test and, you know, the Marine, the Marine Corps, I don't know how it is now, but you, they pretty much have the lowest, you know, you, you physically, they have the highest standards intellectually on the ASVAB to get in, you, you know, the, they kind of have the lowest standards as far as ASVAB. So they don't even really expect you to question, you know, to be thinking about it, you know, uh, talking about orders being canceled, contracts, not orders being canceled, but contracts being canceled. I was in boot camp 
Jeff, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was in boot camp and I'm going to date myself in 1983 in the fall of 1983. Mm-hmm. And that's when, and I, I did all right on the ASVAB and, and I was able to pick any job. I picked avionics, but when I was in boot camp in October, but I was probably in second phase of boot camp, those Marine Corps barracks in Beirut got bombed. I remember that. That was the mm-hmm. first, as basically the first terrorist attack on our country was that one in Beirut mm-hmm. where, you know, a suicide bomber blew up those mm-hmm. barracks. And they came, They told us, none of you are going, none of you are going to have your contracts <laughs> fulfilled. You are all yeah. going into the infantry <laughs> and we are going into the jungles of we were going into the jungles of Beirut, which I thought was a little yeah. hilarious. I mean, <laughs> of course, you don't tell your drill instructors there's no jungles in Beirut, yeah. but you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they were all Vietnam yeah, vets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but that's drilled into your head from day one. It's like, I don't care what your contract yeah. is. Yeah. You know, we're here, to, we're here to fight the enemies of this country and you're no longer free. You're, you're here to make, keep everybody else free. Yeah. And it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate, you are the servant of all. And the key thing is, is that when you do that, when you take that, you take that step as an individual to swear in and take the oath. But now you, you, you immediately, you're part side by side with a bunch of other people that have taken the same step. So there's this shared volunteerism. There's this shared a submission that all of us have in common. We've all said we're willing to do the same thing. And that creates this incredible bond because everybody's moving, you know, from the same sheet of music. So if they do come and tell us we need to go here or do that, we're all going to do it. And, and if one of us says, I'm not going to do that, the rest of us say, that's what you signed up for, dude. Thanks for listening to Facilitating the Mission. We consider it a privilege to have you spend time with us. If you found today's podcast helpful, please leave a review on the podcast platform where you heard us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Search at Shep Staff on any of these platforms. That's S-H-E-P-S-S-T-A-F-F.